Welcome to the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast. Hi everybody out there in internet land, it's Adrian Barrett again with the Blue Sky Education Podcast. Uh, with me as usual, the dream team, uh, Steph Mullins, Head of Practice here at Blue Sky Education, and the man who's got his finger firmly on the pulse of uh, business education around the world, Matt Simmons. Uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, one of the most intriguing areas of, of uh, the business education world, uh, specifically developments around the executive MBA that have been going on in the past year or so, and where we think it's going to be going in the next year. So again, as usual, a lot of ground to cover. Let's not hesitate anymore. Over to you, Matt. Thanks, Adrian. I think uh, the two of us are so far gone in our careers that we may have even uh, moved beyond being eligible for these uh, executive MBAs, which, of course, typically... Uh, attract uh, individuals a little older than the full-time MBA, uh, slightly more senior uh, executives, but in you know very similar ways, looking for uh, an accelerator to their career and, and transformation. Um, there are many different formats that we've seen emerge into the market, uh, global uh, modular programs, and of course, many of them that increasingly uh, use technology uh, to connect uh, classmates in different locations around the world. Steph, I imagine with uh, Blue Sky clients, the uh, exec MBA uh, is very much a core product. Definitely. It's really interesting to see how schools are tackling the evolution of the executive MBA differently. Um, Neoma, for example, are trying to be more flexible. They're offering different options like various program lengths. We're also seeing the rise in specialist exec MBAs, which are being offered a lot more, customised exec MBAs as well. And this all hinges on the fact that more executive MBAs are paying for themselves. So schools must appeal to their personal natures. The money's coming out of their own pocket at the end of the day. Um, Executive MBAs aren't purely company funded anymore. And it's an interesting aspect that's definitely affecting the evolution of the exec MBA. Yeah, it's interesting to see how uh, more and more uh, individuals are now uh, paying for the exec MBA and you know, intent on using it for, as, as the opportunity for change and uh, new opportunities. Uh, now, as with uh, other Blue Sky uh, podcasts, uh, Steph, you've been uh, out and about talking to uh, experts uh, about the uh, executive MBA and uh, how it's evolving. Yes, I had my first chat over the phone with Bill in Chicago. Uh, hi, um, my name is Bill Couser. I am currently a director at Fortuna Admissions, uh, which is a company that helps candidates applying to business schools. We coach them through the strategy and assist them with uh, the preparation materials. But for many, many years, I was an associate dean at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. And during that time, was involved in just about every administrative aspect of the school, from admissions to career services to international programs to the executive MBA program, which I managed for a number of years uh, back just a couple of years ago. So in this episode of our business education podcast, we've been talking about the executive MBA. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about its history and how it's changed over the years? Well, sure. Uh, The very first executive MBA program was actually started at the University of Chicago way back in 1943, when the school realized that during World War II, that there was a, a need for even more skilled business managers to help with the war effort. And so the University of Chicago, uh, at that time Graduate School of Business, now Chicago Booth, decided to create a program for more senior uh, managers, senior executives, to provide them with fundamentals of business training and help prepare them to run their companies more effectively. And uh, for the longest time, probably until the early 60s, the University of Chicago was the only school that, that offered the program. 
And at the time, it was called the executive program. It was not an executive MBA, although the students did earn an MBA. It was more an MBA for executives. So I'll come back to that a little bit later. But by the early 60s, other schools have had decided that this was a, an important thing to do to prepare more seasoned, more senior executives for business success. And so a number of other schools began developing programs in the early 60s. And so you get to today where there are many, many programs for executives around the world. And the, one of the concepts that the University of Chicago pioneered was that the program should allow the students to continue to work while they were engaged in the program. So initially the program was an every other week, Friday and Saturday program. And over the years, the actual structure of the program has changed. But the key concept is that students can come to class, learn the material in class, and then when, as they go back to work in the next couple of days or the, next, the following week, they're able to actually apply some of that material directly to their work. So it's this interesting interplay between the classroom and the practice uh, in their positions, which I think is a very effective way of solidifying the learning and uh, creating a, a sense that you really have mastered the material. So some of the things that have changed over the years, as I say, there are many, many more programs for executives around the world now. One of the key things that has happened is there's a great interest in international and international component to programs. So, for example, the University of Chicago back in 1994 uh, opened up a campus in Europe, uh, soon followed in 2000 with a campus in Asia. So the University of Chicago has the opportunity to prepare students from all around the world. Other schools have develop partnerships with other institutions around the world, and still others have study trips. So there's a great interest in uh, adding interna an international component, whether that's a week-long trip or an entire semester abroad uh, to these programs. And the other thing that has come, that has become more important over the last uh, probably 10 years or so is an increase in the support for career changers. More and more students coming to executive MBA programs are interested in making significant career changes. Uh, they're no longer simply expected to stay within their companies and move up there. Many are thinking about changing industries, changing positions, and, and quite a few are interested in starting their own firms. So there's a, a greater interest and a greater emphasis on career services and career support. Uh, so, so those are some of the key things uh, broadly in the industry over the last you know, 40 or 50 years or so. Awesome, thank you. It sounds like things have definitely changed and uh, definitely the background of the, the participants has, has changed in that time. If we look to the future, can you speculate on how you think the, the exec MBA of the future might look, what might be important to students, how it might be taught differently perhaps? Well, I think what you're likely to see with executive MBA programs is similar to what you're likely to see in full-time programs as well, and that is a greater use of technology. In providing material and and so I could see uh, much more of the say the basics the, the fundamental concepts being delivered electronically but still having an opportunity for students to get together with a faculty member in person to discuss and and evaluate that material so I, I can see a greater amount of distance learning a greater opportunities for reaching students from farther afield and and as technologies change having more and more programs that, that rely more and more heavily on technology of various sorts, whether that's AI or you know, video presentations or, as there are now, various ways of communicating with, with fellow students via a variety of electronic links. 
I, um, in terms of the basic curriculum, I don't see that changing dramatically. Uh, of course, as the world of business changes, there are changes in how we think about business issues and the concepts that are necessary to address those business issues. So curricula will change and evolve as it has for the last 70 years. But I, I think that the challenge is trying to predict what the technology is going to do. Uh, I mean, I, how many of us would have 15 years ago projected what, the, what the, the internet has become, what the iPhone enables us to do, what AI is doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really hard to predict where it'll go. Uh, I think it's just pretty clear that it's going to change and technology will be, be, be a big part of that. And definitely, I think we're already seeing these changes come into force. It's, it's really interesting to see how business schools are using things like holograms in the classroom um, or VR headsets in, in their case right. studies. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think the whole concept of, of VR and holograms and instead of reading a case, you can actually be in the case. So I think that's, uh, to me and in, in my generation, that's kind of frightening, but I think it's a tremendous way to actually learn the material um, and, and learn it in a very different way than just reading it. Definitely, definitely. And for the case of exec MBA people, they they are working at the same time as studying. So not only do they live the case studies, they can then take that back into their own workplaces. Exactly. And, uh, you know, some of the things they've done in class with the, the VR may be exactly the same issue they have to deal with when they're back at work. So, uh, you know, practicing negotiating or practicing uh, a performance review and all of a sudden, you wow, I, I learned how to do this last week and I'm doing it in real life right now. So it's a great opportunity, I think. I totally agree. A hands-on, personalised degree is where the executive MBA seems to be heading more and more. Let's talk to Olivier Lefebvre, Director of the Global Executive MBA Business Unit at Neoma Business School. Olivier, looking at the Executive MBA programme over the past few years, how have you seen this programme change? The competition is fierce, that's why we need to adapt and you know, to, to keep the selectivity, to, to, to make sure that we attract the best candidate. On the other hand, uh, to to adapt to their needs and, and to to to, and to customize our, our program, you know, to provide the best courses, of course, the best professors as well, and uh, to also to make sure that we have uh, e-learning and uh, you know pedagogical innovation uh, within our program, what we call basically the, the blended learning, uh, because what happened is that our participants are all uh, senior executives. Who, have, uh, who don't have a lot of time uh, to train themselves. Of course, they need to be trained, but uh, they need also to make sure that uh, they will not stay too long out of their office. That's why you know, we, we need to adapt uh, the way we, we, we train them. And uh, actually, the, the fact that we propose more and more blended learning courses uh, is something that's quite popular among these this, uh, targets. Okay? So this is typically uh, you know, the pedagogical innovation, uh, providing e-learning courses and, or webinars, you know, or technology like Zoom, for instance, you know, it's, it's kind of things that is quite popular to so avoid them too long away from, from their, their office. Okay? But on the other hand, we really do believe that the fact that there are gathered together in a, in a class let's say one week per month you know or four four weeks four, four four days per month uh, it's very important because it's that's typically the, the time when they can share 
uh, experience, share best practices, you know, together, and of course have the, the feedbacks uh, to get the feedback from from the professor the, the, and the, the consultants that, that uh, deliver the courses. Absolutely, and you make some really interesting points there. I mean, just talking about things like technology playing more of a part uh, in the EMBA. Do you see more changes? What do you see as the future of the EMBA? Well, the, the future, as I said, uh, for me, will be this adaptability, that flexibility of, of, of the providers of the business school, able to, to, to adapt uh, the changing world, the changing um, habits of, of uh, senior executives, you know, and to, to make sure to adapt to them. Mm, definitely, definitely. And I imagine there are a lot of other business schools who are looking to, to stay ahead of the game and do these things too. Uh, we have added uh, to be really sticking to the uh, current um, world, you know, it's uh, uh, content, content related to uh, social responsibility and also what we call collaborative leadership, personal development, uh, typically uh, uh, today's executive who are average, uh, let's say, 40 years old, you know, in the middle of their career, uh, they are just asking them some questions, uh, you know, uh, regarding their positioning in the company, uh, what they want to do, uh, how they feel uh, with their manager, you know, with their team. So really, the, the, the request to be accompanied, to, to have a kind of coaching, um, is really related to personal development and also leadership. Uh, and this is typically what we offer uh, is on one hand um, leadership course, okay, just to for them to understand. Uh, the organization uh, of company globally, you know, uh, what we call a kind of organizational behavior course on one hand, uh, and on the other hand, to, to be able to help them to stand back, uh, to understand where, where they are, who they are, and what, where they're going to want, what, what they want to, 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 to grow, where they want to go, what are their goals, you know, and how to, to achieve these goals. Okay, that's typically uh, what, I, what we call, uh, on one hand, collaborative leadership, but also um, peer learning and active learning, meaning that uh, we have developed uh, in our uh, next programs, uh, next intakes for this year, coming up um, next summer in October, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, peer learning. Uh, I mean by peer learning, um, uh, sharing uh, practices between candidate participants uh, who uh, joined the program a few months before, you know, and, and their experience is very precious, you know, for the newcomers uh, in, in the, into the program, and they need to, to discuss with their uh, peers, you know, to understand uh, and to take benefit from their experience as, as participants in the program. Definitely, definitely. It's really interesting all the different aspects that are so important to what makes up the executive MBA. Yeah, correct. So it's really this uh, peer learning and also uh, um, what they also like in our program is the flexibility of the program, you know, There's, uh, the fact that uh, uh, they can, can you know, um, take the course uh, online or some of, some of the course are taken online or face to face. They can also work together uh, for the assignments as a group. So it's typically things that, you know, uh, are, are really popular. 
Definitely. I actually think uh, Neoma's executive MBA is one of the most flexible that I've ever come across in the business school market. So it's really interesting. And um, for our listeners, I know they will love to hear about all the different aspects that you speak about. So we've heard from Olivier just how important flexibility and adaptability is and will be in the years to come for the exec MBA. I must wonder if that's the reason why all schools tackle their exec head offerings a little differently. I think that's that's really insightful stuff. Steph, Matt, let's let's try and sum up for the listeners what we think are the key takeaways on this area. Sure. So we had Bill, who was heavily involved in the Chicago booth exec mm-hmm. MBA. Mm-hmm. He talked about how applicants are looking to change or set up their own businesses and how that's changed over the years. And it's had to adapt to these needs, especially as many people are now paying for the programme yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then we had Neoma, who talked about combining face-to-face and online delivery, something that's really important now in executive MBA programmes. Uh, a lot relating to the CSR and personal development and peer learning, all these things are coming into play now as the executive MBA progresses and changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, as, as our very own um, business education guru, how does, how does what we've heard today fit in with your, your sort of wider experience? I've been a guru for so long that I might even be too old for the exec MBA, but certainly it's 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 the programme, I think, that really sort of uh, defines when business schools talk about lifelong learning. And, and I love what Bill was saying about uh, how uh, in your late 30s, early 40s, you know, the, the growing number of um, uh, EMBA students that are really using this to, to then um, fulfil their entrepreneurial ambitions and, and looking to start a business. Of course, the EMBA has a long tradition uh, of sort of um, those targeting the C-suite and the companies that support them to get there. So, you know, I, I see it's it's just um, th- there's this continued appetite uh, that people have to uh, develop both their personal professional skills, that the networks that these uh, top schools provide uh, and the sort of global exposure that these programmes are able to give them. So uh, I continue to think that the future for the Exec MBA will be very bright. This has been the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast. Thank you for listening. For more information, more resources, visit our website at www.bluesky-pr.com.